0: Hello there. Welcome to the world of Dungeons and Dragons. My name is Oak. People call me the Dungeons and Dragons professor. <laughs> this world is inhabited by creatures called Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> what
1: for some people, <laughs> Dungeons gotta, and Dragons are It's like pets. a Mad Lib. Others use them. For it's a fonts. Mad Lib, but at every time you say Pokémon you just <laughs> say Myself.
0: Dungeon I study Dungeons and Dragons as a profession. <laughs> First,
1: what is your name? Hey, guys, this is
0: Jeremy. Have you memorized
1: this, or did you look up a script? Right.
0: So your name is Jeremy. This (laughs) is my grandson. (laughs) He's your rival since you were a baby. (laughs) What was his name again? Oh, my gosh. Uh, Paul. That's right, Pathfinder. I remember now, his name is Paul. <laughs> name Jeremy, Pathfinder. your very own Dungeons & Dragons legend is about to unfold. A world of dreams and adventures with Dungeons & Dragons awaits. Let's go. That's awesome. I
1: don't know if I can make the drum roll last that long at the beginning of the episode.
2: You can, and you will.
1: Welcome to Dungeons and Dragons, where you got to catch them all. I am Paul, the rival, apparently, and uh, this is a 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons adventure. And we are make-believe heroes. Tonight I am joined by my four Dungeons and Dragons trainers. (laughs) Hey guys, it's Jeremy and I play Saul.
0: I'm Jeffrey and I play Cure.
2: I'm Alan and I choose
3: Brackle. (laughs) <laughs> Not. Hey, I'm Felicia and I play Misk.
1: And we are make believe heroes. Before anything happens. Roll a big blue d20. Good. Yes, that's it. You called it. Natural 8. 17. Oh, man. Natural 17. Por qué? Yeah. So last time, you all met Juniper there inside Devil's Pass. She was keeping a group, small group, of five phase spiders. Asleep so that the hot feet could harvest their web to create these vials that would allow them to jump from one place to another by stepping into the ethereal plane, which she is either going to call jumpers or phasers. She's not sure yet. But in typical Saul fashion, he really screwed everything up by jumping out of the shadows and stabbing the closest spider, setting it free and stirring the rest of them. But Even though Juniper managed to keep the other four from attacking at that moment, it wasn't long before the escaped and wounded spider had gone and fetched its mama. Mama. An enormous face spider appeared inside Devil's Pass. And the five of you, Juniper included, had to use the harvested material from the spiders to jump into the ethereal plane and run for your lives. Running through this foggy, unknown terrain, you all ran for your lives as this gigantic spider chased you close behind. After some doing, you all managed to finally separate yourselves enough and make enough of a distance that Juniper, using the four vials that you four had collected, broke them onto the ground, creating a new portal, and you all jumped through. Jumping through them hoops? You roll onto the grassy earth immediately you can feel the warmth of the sun on you and you didn't realize it before because you were running but it's kind of cold on that plane and there's no sunlight above you and your eyes were adjusting to this cloudy milky air around you filled with fog and mist but now back on Manumi you can clearly tell the sun is shining bright from above you it's still the earliest pre-noon and you're in the forest. Probably the Sylvan Forest, the same forest that you were in before, some unknown distance away from where you first started. But before you can really do anything, Juniper gets up, stumbling back, wielding her wand and looking around. She says, "Quick, get your weapons, get ready. It, it, it could it could come out right here."
4: Where are we? Saul takes a dagger in both hands.
1: I don't know. We've we've um we've moved a great distance. It, Distances are, are hard to judge, especially when you use as much as we used to jump in the first time. I, I feel like we're probably a pretty good distance from Devil's Pass, but I can't be sure.
4: How do you know anything about teleportation? And uh, he like goes back-to-back back with Misk and draws a dagger,
1: draws two daggers? Brackle still has his
2: bow, and he has knocked another arrow after loosing one as he jumped through the gate and is looking around as if a spider could materialize from the very air.
3: I'm going to pull out my rapier and be ready for it.
0: I crack my whip six times and pull out my sickle. Okay.
1: That's oddly specific, but I dig it. Okay. <laughs> You're all looking around ready for this gigantic monster to appear in the thin air, like Brackle said, and you can hear this whispery, echoey hiss coming from the distance, much like you did when you were still inside the Devil's Pass. But it's just sort of echoing around you and filling this part of the forest. Dissonant whispers. With those whispery sounds. But after a few moments, it seems to, rather than get closer, become more and more distant. After a minute, two minutes, it fades away. You see, as Juniper goes from being very intensely looking around and wielding her wand, she sort of brings her wand down to her waist and she says... Well, I'd hoped that that's how it would have reacted. Those spiders don't typically like to go far from their nests, and they also don't really like the sunlight, and that's kind of why they stay to the shadows in the ethereal plane. So, yeah, I think we're safe. Can I light my hand on fire? You light your hand on fire? Yeah. Just tell me, Jeffrey. Jeffrey, why do you want to light your hand on fire?
0: The one that's got all the stuff on it. Oh,
1: (laughs) okay. You just want to burn it?
0: Is that how that works? No. <laughs> kiorg assumes that's how it works. He's lighting his hand. Uh, Saul <laughs> is grinning
4: toothfully. <laughs> Misk, I think your half-orc is uh,
0: perhaps sacrificing himself. <laughs> <laughs> Kjorg, what are you doing?
1: Kjorg, don't don't let your hand on fire. I was trying to teleport. No, 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 no. That's not how that works, Kjorg. Here Here, let me. Uh, and <laughs> Juniper comes over, and she starts to remove the substance from your hand and sort of like summoning it up from your skin and she pulls a vial from her waist <laughs> and she lowers it down into there no you don't you don't you don't burn it oh you, looks like you might have frostbite on your hand Georg, are you okay and she sort of like places her hand on this burnt part of your skin
0: yes it's okay thank you
1: she's like just over three feet tall how tall is she like six seven
0: <laughs> yeah He's huge.
1: She's, like, caressing this spot that's wounded on your hand. Kjorg blushes. <laughs> here, let me... Here, I think I can, I can take care of this. And she casts Cure Wounds on your hand. Oh. And you're healed. Even though you hadn't actually lost any hit points, it fades away.
0: I feel better now.
1: You do feel better now. Thank you. Uh, n- no, no problem. Thank you for... Helping protect us back there. I am the people's champion.
3: Okay, so now that we're away from this phaser or whatever you called it,
1: I didn't call it a phaser. You it's a said
3: f- phaser. That's yes,
1: the, that's the vials Yes, I said I'm thinking about calling them. You know what? That's not important. They're they're face spiders. Um. Either way. Yes.
3: Where are we?
1: I, I don't know. It looks like we're in the forest. Does it smell
4: like the natural plane?
1: It does.
3: Can I do a reception check? Sure. A checky. Brackle. Yes.
1: You happen to be a ranger from this area. Yeah,
3: yeah, you do it.
1: And you are in the forest, so maybe you want to try and figure out where you are?
2: Brackle's survey is now that he has let go of the tension of the possibility of a spider forming from the very air around him, Mm -hmm. he has started looking around calmly. He's put away his bow, and he is hearing the birds. He is observing the grass, the foliage, sniffing the air for aromas of the forest, and sensing the wind on his skin. Okay. Sounds like perception. Mm. Oh. Perception. Brackle pulls out a dice. Okay. (laughs) And rolls it. And he gets a 14. Uh, well, no, he rolls a 10, but then he pulls out a piece of parchment from his
1: pouch, looks at it and says, "+4. Nice."
0: Oh
2: my Sweet.
1: gosh. So you have a 14? Is that I mean, that's the long of it, the short of it, the longest short of. It. Okay, you got a 14. Let's see. I was adding flavor. Yes, thank you for that. <laughs> you uh Beautiful. You couldn't pinpoint your location on a map, but you can tell by the way of the trees and the wind and from what you can see Around you, you can tell that you seem to be most likely in the northwestern parts of the Sylvan Forest. Brackle says,
2: We're most likely, he pauses for a minute. Yeah, we're most likely in the northwestern part of the Sylvan Forest. Shoot, I told you wrong, it's northeastern. Oh. Brackle says, Wait, no. He, he listens again and says, We're in the northeastern. I thought it was northwest, but we're northeast. Wait, are we in the north-southern?
1: No. <laughs> You're in the northeastern part of the Sylvan Forest, and you know that if you guys head sort of southwest from here, you should cut over to the road that most people travel through the forest to do trade between Branshire and Dimmerhold. Does anybody know where we are or where to get... What I'm is not, this place? Well, it's, I'm glad we're away from those spiders, but where are we?
4: Misk, he said Sylvan Forest. What is that?
3: I have no idea where we're at.
1: Oh, we are southwest.
3: Brackle's got this one. I, I literally have no idea where we're at.
1: If you're looking at a map, Brackle, the forest is north of the city of Branshire. There's a road that cuts up through the forest, and you guys are on the eastern side of that road on the northern part of the forest. I point west and say, if we
2: head in this direction, we should find the road. Well, let's head
4: toward the road, but that doesn't tell us anything about where... Lady Brianna is, or what the hot feet are up to. I don't know that we've served our purpose for the rest of our money,
1: have we? Well, um, I, I'm i not really sure exactly who you guys are, Just funny after what we just went through. Quiet, gnome. Um, jeez. Okay.
0: Saul. Okay, so I swing in that direction, and then I swing backwards and kick Saul in the face. George, <laughs> <laughs> what, <are> <laughs> what are you doing? And then I swing really forwards again. And jump off. <laughs> what was that for?
3: Okay, let's just head this way.
0: And then I yell like Tarzan.
1: Okay, do it. Let's just... What is happening? Where do we go from here? Saul's dust himself off.
4: Brackle, Misk. Have we really done anything to solve our mission? Should
1: we go to the road? We killed all those halflings.
3: Yes, let's head that way.
1: You all set off in the forest in the direction that Brackle told you to go. Okay. And like I said, it's it's still the morning. It's probably another hour, maybe two hours until noontime. And you all are moving toward the road. And as you're doing so, you may discuss what exactly has been going on.
4: All right, Gnome, now you can talk. Do you know anything of where the lady Brianna is?
1: Um, first of all, I don't think I know anyone by the name Brianna. Secondly... I don't think I want to talk to you. You're rude.
4: I think you will, or I'll cut off your ears.
3: Saul.
1: Uh, You can try. I'll cut off my own ears. That'll show everybody.
4: (laughs) Saul glares for a while and puts his daggers up and starts following Kjorg. (laughs)
3: Ha ha!
1: She grins at Kjorg.
3: Okay, so we got away from those spiders. So now you can tell us a little bit more on how you got into this situation.
1: Well, um... I guess since you all helped me, uh, I I was actually studying at the College of Magic in Vinhaven. You know it? Heard of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually studying to be a wizard uh, at the college. Or, well, I started to. And, um, well, tuition just, it's expensive.
0: Student loans getting you.
1: I don't really have any collateral. And, you know, for for a gnome all her own, just trying to make her way in a big city like Haven, paying for the college, I just... I heard about some people who would do private loans for students that wanted to, you know, get along and make it through college. I'm studying enchantment at the college, actually. I'd love to be a diplomat one day to help with, you know, the relations between the different nations and just, you know, make everything a little more connected. Uh, But anyhow, that's beside the point. The point is I didn't have the money and uh, there was this halfling in town. On campus, actually, he was speaking with some friends of mine, and he said he knew where I could get some money. I could get a loan, and I did. Well, let's just say that I couldn't pay it back as quick as they wanted, and they said if I would do this for them, help them with this one job, that it would cover all of my loan, and that's just not a deal I could pass up. Yeah. Also, I was far enough behind on my payments that if I didn't do this... Well, there's this assassin. This guy, he, uh, I mean, if, if you've never been to Brightport or around that area, you probably would have never heard of him, but he, he's a serious business, and...
3: What's his name?
1: Well, I don't really know his name, but uh, people call him the Shiv. Oh yeah, that guy. The Shiv. He and I go way back. Yes, this is the same person that went after Loric in the prison with Pauldo.
3: That's right. Sometimes we do things that we're not proud of. Right. We get ourselves into some trouble, but sounds like you...
1: Speak for yourself, Misk. Man, why is he so, like, the worst?
3: He woke up on the wrong side of the rift this morning.
1: <laughs> it seems like mm-hmm. maybe every morning. Look, um, I-, I agreed to do this job, and to be honest, I was interested in learning more about the spiders, but if... You say that you all attacked the hot feet. You, I guess you killed them? All of them.
3: We took care of the people that was at the uh, the site, uh, at Devil's Pass, but I mean, there are so many hot feet, you can't just kill all of them
1: right, in right. one night. No, 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 that's what I mean. I mean, well, they're- amazing,
3: but we can't. We
1: were, but what about, so the ones that were in the house, you, you fought them and killed them?
3: Mm, yeah. Yeah.
1: And the ones that were coming from the pass.
3: Oh, yeah. Jorg took care of those.
1: And the sentries. The what? The sentries.
2: It didn't take centuries. It just took a few hours.
1: And not even that long. No, Brackle. Like, sentries. Like, lookouts. Oh, scouts.
3: Uh,
1: I'm not sure. Like, in the forest? Or oh, no. on the mountain? Did you guys see sentries? I didn't see any. I
3: didn't see any. Nope.
1: There were definitely sentries. Oh, oh, gosh. If there was one, one agent of the Hot Feet left standing, they have gone back to Brightport. They have sent word, and when they do, they're going to come looking for me.
4: Wouldn't they come looking
1: for us? Maybe, but they don't know your name. They don't have your face and your description of your clothes and your hair and your first name and your last name and where you live and the school you go to and how much money you have and everything about your life written down. They have that on me.
4: How much do you need to pay them off?
1: That doesn't matter now. Oh, goodness. I have made a Oh, I've made a huge mistake.
4: We could just kill you now and then you won't have to worry about it.
1: Man, you really suck at talking to people, don't you?
4: I'm giving you options. I ask how much they owe you because Listen. I have gold to give.
3: So it's not... Once they're past a certain point, they don't care about the money anymore.
1: They're not going to care if they think for one second that I helped the ones who came in and killed all of their men. How do
4: you know, Misk?
3: I told you. I I was in Brightport for a while. We had to deal with a lot of people in Brightport.
4: He uh, looks over his shoulder at Kjord, who stops swinging through the trees to become part of this conversation somehow, and looks back at Misk. You had what? Trouble? Trouble in Brightport?
3: I didn't say I had trouble in Brightport. I said I knew of what kind of people they were.
4: I smell dead demon.
3: I think you need to step back a little bit.
4: He just locks eyes with Misk for a minute. And then he just turns around and walks off. Do you guys smell
0: anything? Because I don't smell anything.
3: Whatever.
2: What kind of people are they?
3: They're
0: halflings.
2: What kind of people have been coming into Branshire?
3: These people are not... It's not a, okay, a couple people in a cabin or a few people down in the pass. It's people all over a region. Brightport's full of the hot feet. You can't really take a corner without running into part of their gang.
1: It's true. They're um they're everywhere. They they run Brightport from the shadows. It's deep rooted.
2: They can have Brightport for all I care, but they need to get out of Branshire.
3: The thing is, they're already in Branshire.
0: Well, we have a stump grinder.
3: What I'm saying is if they're <laughs> What? Don't is it
0: because I said they're deep-rooted? We'll take care of this
1: problem. Man, Kjorg is really only in this for the long game. He's in here for the long-term puns. He waits three minutes after something is said and then drops a pun. Anyway, okay. Go ahead, miss.
3: What I'm saying is, if even one or two of the hot feet are in Branch you're... They're probably going to be there until...
2: Until I kill them all, right? Yeah.
3: Right? If you can find every single one of them, then yeah, you can kill them off. But it's not that easy. It's not It's not just, oh, it's him. It's a whole group of them. And now that they have these phasers, they could be anywhere and they could just pop up at any moment. And we don't even know. They could be following us. But I don't, I don't know.
2: Well, then let's go to Brightport and burn the place
1: to the ground. You can just check everyone's feet. Brackle, have you have you ever been to Brightport? No. It's a very, very big city. It's the wealthiest city in the world. And one of the most highly populated cities. It's like twenty branchires. Humans, halflings, gnomes, tieflings, elves, dwarves of all kinds and all people and all walks of life are there. But the hot feet have they've infiltrated it. Well, I don't really know if that's true. From all I know, they've been there as, as long as the city's been there, but they are the bones of Brightport, and not everyone that lives there is bad. Not everyone that lives there is crooked, but...
2: I don't mean burn down Brightport, I mean burn down their organization. And if they're the bones, and let's get cracking. Well, maybe, but it's going to take more than the four of you to do it. Well, it sounds like there's a lot of people they've put under their thumb, like you and Denae, we can resist. Hashtag resist.
3: You can't just resist them.
2: She's not wrong.
1: You're right. We can stab them. Why resist? Let's hunt. You you guys have a lot of questions, and, and I'm happy to answer any that I can, but let me ask you a simple question. Why did you all come to the Devil's Pass in the first place? And why did you all attack the Hot Feet and kill them? If you don't know anything about them... You don't even know where they are. Why did you come there?
3: We're on a mission, and we just happened to have to go through there. And then we ran into these people, and they were going to hurt us, so we hurt them first.
1: You said something about a Brianna? Yes. Who's this Brianna?
3: The mayor's sister-in-law or daughter-in-law or daughter. The
1: mayor's daughter. Sister-in-law. Well, the, the old mayor's daughter. Current mayor right.
2: the, the current mayor is not the mayor.
3: Okay, it's okay. it's the mayor of Branshire.
1: He's not the mayor <laughs> of Branshire. Okay. That all sounds very complicated, um, but why are you all looking for her? What's...
3: It's kind of hard to explain.
1: Because she's missing. And you thought she was in Devil's Pass?
3: Okay. In Branshire, there was an incident, and these phasers were used.
1: The ones I've been helping make?
3: Yes, and it was not in a good way. Okay. They exploded a house and tried to hurt innocent people. And we got drug into it, kind of just happened. Then when we seen those phasers, we realized there was something crazy going on. And when we looked into it, Devil's Pass is where we were led to.
2: A mysterious old man
1: told us where to go. Okay. In a
3: roundabout way, yes.
1: He told you to follow the phasers.
3: He said that the only lead he had was Devil's Pass, and that's where they were harvesting the phasers. And we thought if we went to there, then we might be able to find where Brianna might be. But obviously, you don't even know.
1: Were they halflings? The, the mysterious people using the, the vials, the phasers, the jumpers. Were they halflings?
3: Uh, no. One of them was a... Elf.
1: Okay, so if they weren't halflings, then they probably weren't hot feet. Not that the hot feet don't use people that aren't halflings, but typically for an operation like the one that you're describing, they would rely on mostly their halfling assassins. So if they weren't halflings, then they must have purchased these vials. And you know, there was a uh recent purchase made. Uh huh. Saul's ears perk up. I, I'm not usually involved in those sort of things, but they, uh, they actually brought them into the past to see the spiders and the whole process. They seemed... Well, you know, I, I kind of thought it was a good thing at the time, even though they were eerie. There was only one person that I saw. I believe it was an elf, actually. He he was there with one of the hot feet. And he showed them the spiders, and the figure seemed particularly concerned about whether or not we were harming the creatures, which I thought was weird for someone even dealing with the hot feet. He came off sort of hostile, maybe a little... This this is seems a little judgmental, but he seemed kind of like a jerk. Full of himself a little. I don't know. That was my gut reaction, but he was basically saying that if they were hurting the spiders that he'd wouldn't have any part in this. But when he saw that what I was doing was pretty humane and, and wasn't harming them in any way and that they wouldn't be hurt long-term, it was just putting them to sleep for a while and keeping them sustained, he made a deal and bought pretty large shipment of my phasers.
3: There was a man in the burning house that was... All I seen was pointy ears.
1: Well, I didn't see his face, but I saw as he had long blonde hair and pointy ears but he was wearing this mask. mask yeah it was a white mask oh my god it had like a symbol where did he say he was from he didn't say where he was from the mask had like a the symbol of an eye over the mouth of it half open half closed it's weird does that mean anything to you Brackle did he happen to give you his card unfortunately no he didn't give me a card is there anything else of pertinence you can tell us about this masked man No, just he came and purchased these things probably a week ago. That matches our timeline.
3: So the Hot Feet are starting to sell these phasers to different parties.
2: Anything for the money. So would the Hot Feet know anything more about this man? If so, we can stick their feet to the fire. Wait, that might not work with them. Oh, it'll work. Anyway, we can
1: get the information out of them. It's possible, but seems like your best leads were, as you said, tossed down a cliff.
4: If only that lead hadn't been let outside.
1: You said there were scouts. We can go to Brightport and... Brightport?
2: We
4: could go back to Branshire. That's where they would have went.
3: I don't think so.
1: No, I think they would have went to Brightport, but we are days and days travel from Brightport where we are now, and they have, judging by the distance, Brackle, that you said, they probably have at least a day's travel on us, especially if they left when you all attacked last night.
2: Hmm. Okay, that's probably not a good option, then. Brackle, roll me a survival check. I want to roll you a survival check. It's a natural friggin' 20. Ah. Nice. And
3: natural friggin' 20.
1: I can add plus four to that. You have been walking along, and you're just in your domain. Mm, yeah, I am. You feel at home. you Things are great. Ever since you guys entered that area around the Devil's Pass, where it started to get cooler and the, the growth was kind of dying off, you felt a little out of place. But you just feel good now. The sun is shining bright above you. You feel like you're finally making some headway and figuring out what to do about Brianna. And, and even though you don't know where to go next necessarily, you feel like you have a good a good feeling like you're on the right path. And as you are walking along, you notice that the terrain starts to change. You're walking along, and it's grass, and there'll be a brush here or or a bramble there, but suddenly it seems like you all are coming up on a a sort of wall of brambles and thorns. It's preventing you from going in the direction that you're heading. You're going to have to sort of point it a little bit more easterly. I point it easterly. Everyone is sort of naturally doing this and keeping you from continuing in the direction that you know the path is. Brackle says... This is keeping
2: us from going the
1: direction that we know the path is. <laughs> and Brackle says that. I mean, Breckle says that out loud, so...
0: <laughs> what is keeping us from going that way?
1: It's
2: all these brambles and thorns.
0: Is that the way to the road? That's the
2: way to the road, but every time we try to turn that way, we're waylaid by this foliage. So we try to cut through it. No, it might it might bite us. There might be
1: snakes and stuff in there.
3: Moss muggers. <laughs>
1: In all seriousness, Brackle You guys could try to cut through it But it's definitely going to slow your travel down Significantly
2: I think if we just keep going this way This place has just grown up It'll eventually give way and we'll get back to the road Fine
3: Okay We're following you, Brackle
1: Hello. Welcome to another edition of the Make-Believe Heroes mid-roll. If you can't tell already, I sound like absolute garbage. That would be because of the terrible cold that has taken grip upon my sinuses and refuses to let go. But I will not be deterred. We're back in the saddle again, as they say. Season 2 is now back underway with episode 10 We had a lot of fun recording this episode. I hope that you are enjoying listening so far. We're about to get into some curious and interesting things over the span of these next few episodes. But first, we have a couple orders of business to take care of. First of all, I hope that you all had a great Christmas and New Year, and that the holiday season brought you great joy and time spent with family and friends. If you didn't get those dice you really were hoping for, I recommend that you go to DiceEnvy.com, the sponsor of our show, and order yourself the perfect set. They've got anything you should need. Acrylic dice, metal dice, uh, exclusive dice, anything and everything. They have all kinds of dice that are beautiful and great for your table. The two that I most use now when we're playing MBH came from DiceEnvy.com. So you should go now, check that out, and use the promo code HEROES to get 10% off of your order. And while you're there, you should check out those subscriptions because they are amazing. DiceMB.com. Also, as you're accustomed to hearing all of the beautiful sound effects and soundscapes and music, much of that comes from BattleBards.com. They're so kind to allow us to use their stuff, and you can help them out and support us by going to BattleBards.com and using the code MBHPODCAST to get 15% off your first BattleBards Prime subscription. So it has been a few since we had a regular episode of MBH, so what I'm going to do now is is I'm going to give a shout-out to a couple of our fans and listeners out there by reading your five-star review on iTunes. If you'd like to get your review read, just go to iTunes, leave us a five-star review, and we'll add it to the docket, and will read it live on the show. And of course, if you want to get in touch with us, you can always do so by following us on Twitter at podcast, on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. Anywhere you go, if you search for mbh podcast or Make Believe Heroes, we're probably going to be the first thing that pops up. But you can find us on there. You can also find us on our website at makebelieveheroes.com. And if you haven't done so, be sure to go sign up on our website for our newsletter, which we'll send out. And we'll be sending one out very soon about this month's giveaway. Stay tuned for that. So, about those five-star reviews. First one is a pretty recent review from writer VVVKWO, entitled, A Fun Adventure, five stars. Found this in a search for D&D podcasts one day. I was searching for actual play podcasts to help me get into playing. Season one is a fun adventure with a lot of twists and turns. It's a good listen, and I enjoy it because I can tell the people playing and the DM are having fun while doing it, which helped me decide to jump in and play as well. That's awesome. I'm so glad that you decided to check out D&D. It is our favorite game. We love it. This next review comes from XXDDZXX, entitled, This is a Review. This is a review about a D&D podcast in which they play D&D with each other, sometimes. Great listen. As a newcomer to DM, it's great to hear how Paul runs the game. The banter is hilarious, and even Lark becomes digestible. Keep up the good work. That one's from back in June. <laughs> I love the, uh, the playoff of Jeffrey's ridiculous intros. Thanks for the review, D-D-Z, and I hope that you're still enjoying the show in season two. I think that about does it for this week. We're going to get back to the show, but before we do, I just want to say one more time how thankful we are for everyone that listens to the show for the last year of this podcast that has been just beyond what we could have imagined. We thank each of you. We love you. And we look forward to hearing from you again soon. Your emails, your tweets, everything are so uplifting and so encouraging, and they go a really long way. And, of course, the best thing you can do to help us out is to share our show with a friend. Tell people that you know. That's the best way you can help us to grow our listener base. And we will be eternally grateful. But for now, let's get back to the Sylvan Forest and see just what's up with all these brambles. You guys travel on a little farther, Brackle's leading the way, and rather than starting to clear up, it seems as though it's getting thicker, Brackle. It's as if between every tree, it's basically like a hedge of thorns and shrubbery, and it's grown up so thick that you all would almost have to climb over top of it. And it's not like a line of it, it's as if you've come up on fields of thorns. You've never seen anything like this? I've never seen anything like this.
3: Brackle, this is not easy.
1: <laughs> Where are we? Is, is, is this common in this area? I've never seen anything like this. Brackle? This is unusual.
0: I start chopping them. Okay. Mage, couldn't
4: you burn us a path through this?
1: That seems unwise, you know, starting random fires in the middle of a forest. Brackle agrees.
2: I knew I, I had an animal companion once, named him Smokey. He was a bear. God. Always stomped out fires and mauled people who started them.
1: Yeah, I don't think fire is good, but, Kjorg, uh, your idea doesn't sound too awful. Maybe with that sickle, you could, you know, cut through some of this.
0: I'm starting to swing it.
1: Okay. You pull out your sickle and you go into the brush and start cutting a path. You get about five, ten feet in, and you think, oh, it's working pretty good. And then uh, I need you to make me a strength saving throw, Kjorg. Oh, no.
0: Okay. That is. An 11.
1: Rolled a 6. That's okay. Uh, You only had to be a 10 for this one. Yeah. Actually. But as you're slashing along, you notice the prickling sensation of thorns wrapping around your ankles. And you look down, and this brush is starting to grow back up. This is a magical bush. You yank your feet three from these thorns and stumble back into the path. Those thorns just tried to bite me. Um that is certainly not natural. That is a bush. Yes, but it shouldn't be growing like that.
0: Why is it why is it
1: plants doing that? don't
0: normally do that here? Brackle, have you seen anything
2: like this in the forest? I've never seen anything like this in the forest. But outside the fort, no, I've never seen it in or outside the forest. Brackle, why is it so difficult to just have normal conversations with you? <laughs> Because I have a negative one charisma modifier. That actually makes sense. (laughs) Can
3: I do a nature check? Sure. I want to do a nature check. Maybe if I do a nature check, something good will happen. And then we'll know what's going on. Big money, big money. Poop peep poop. So, 13.
1: Okay. So, you don't have any sort of magical revelation. But you do know that this is... Not normal, and these plants couldn't be doing this on their own. They've obviously been enchanted in some way.
4: Saul wants to climb a tree and get a better look at everything.
2: Brackle says, could this be? I've heard tell of it, but I've never seen it myself. A hedge of protection.
1: (laughs) Saul, you climb a tree nearby. You don't have to roll or anything for it. You climb a tree nearby to get a better look. And from what you can tell, these thorns and brambles are growing in a sort of wave, yards and yards long. It would be practically impossible for you all to clear this, especially if they're growing back on their own. Can we crawl
4: under it? Saul shouts down, there's no way for us to cut through it.
1: Then we go under it. How are you going to do that, Kjorg?
4: I think we just keep traveling around it.
3: Okay, let's just keep going around.
1: I think that's our only option.
4: (sighs) If we have to. Saul comes back down and starts following Brackle in the correct direction.
1: Brackle, you lead the way? I lead the way,
2: but now I am anxious. I am like, hmm, I don't know if this is for good or ill.
3: What are you going to do after this? Like, now that you're kind of running from the hot feet, once they find out what you did with the spiders and how we kind of screwed that up for you.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do, Misk. You would have ran
4: out of your potions and died, were it not for us.
1: Yes, but to be fair, and I know the hot feet are terrible people, but if not for you, that wouldn't have been an issue.
4: Saul just smiles ear to ear.
1: I don't know what I'm going to do, Misk. Uh, I want to go back to school. I, I'm only in my third year at the university. I want to learn magic. I want to be an enchantress, and uh, it's tough. I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm gonna do.
4: She wants to be the very best.
1: For now, I'm just gonna try to stay alive. You know, one step at a time, I guess. Maybe an opportunity will present itself.
0: Could you disenchant these bushes?
1: No, I I don't think I could do that. Jorg, I don't don't know any sort of spell or anything. I'm sorry, I wish I did. I take out my pot and my hammer. Oh, gosh. Mm. And, let me guess, do you beat the pot over your head and scream the people's champion?
0: Yes. It's the people's champion!
4: I don't know if that's wise, (laughs) Kjorg. Oh my. Can
2: you stop him, Misk? Rackle just kind of goes like...
0: (sighs) Come out! Come out! Wherever you are, you bush (laughs) enchanter! I challenge you! Kjorg.
1: Nothing happens. (laughs) one appears, and you all continue on your path. These thorns have hedged you guys out, and it seems to be turning you more and more easterly. You're still heading southward, but at this pace and in this direction, Brackle, you know that you guys won't reach the southern border of the forest within the next half day as you would have. It's probably going to be a full day now as travel, but you're moving along the best that you can.
2: Brackle says... We're moving along as well as we can, but I think it'll take us at least a full day.
3: I'm just walking next to Juniper.
2: Okay. Talking and getting just to know each other a little better.
3: talking.
4: Saul's following closely to Brackle.
2: Brackle is watching closely the edge of the hedge, uh-huh. trying to see if he can notice it forming, to see if he can notice, like, he's looking ahead, looking behind, to see if he can see any... Uh, movement or any any sort of growth or ungrowth like if it's fading or growing he's trying to figure out too like what what it's trying to point them toward if, if he can get a heading on where it's leading them.
0: I'm looking for someone hiding in the bushes while challenging the enchanter of the
1: bush okay so you continue to call out the people's champion and <laughs> as you're doing so, Rockwell you notice something <gasps> a path yes. Where? Ahead of you. Seems like there's a path I mean it's not the road, but it's clearly a well trodden path. Seems like maybe it had has grown over some, but you have no trouble spotting it. You you spot it from yards away. Path up ahead. Guys, there's a path up ahead. It's not the
2: road, but it looks like it's well trodden. It's not too overgrown.
3: Oh really?
0: I run to the to the entrance.
2: This,
1: the path?
0: Yes. Misk
4: get. The half orc in check, and then he steps. He's like, obviously going towards the path too, but he's going to move into the shadows off to the side of the path and try to move up ahead, just like he did in the in the cavern. He has he's going to do the same thing.
2: Do we know where this path leads? No, we do not know where this path leads. But do I know where this path leads? No.
0: A path is open to a new challenger.
2: But I don't know what we could. What else we could do besides, you know, not taking the path. We could also do that.
0: Someone needs to get the half-orc in check. <laughs> Checkmate! As I run forward. George,
3: <laughs> put the pot down.
0: I start clanging the pot below my waist.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> give me the pot now. <laughs> I give her the pot. Thank you. And then... I clang my axe and my hammer together.
1: Jorg, I don't think you understand. <laughs> we don't know where we are. It's it's possible that something very dangerous could be waiting ahead.
0: I do not fear danger.
3: Fine, go ahead of us. Clang <laughs> your stupid axes together and get us all killed. <laughs> but if you don't, I'll give you this gold coin.
0: Oh, a gold coin, you say? Yeah. You'll move, Misk. Okay. Give me my pot back. Alright. And put that coin in it.
3: If you clang that pot, I'm taking this back. Do you understand <laughs> me? And if you clang it and I take this back, I'm also breaking down the fence once we get it. So you just think about that.
0: You won't You won't do that to that fence. Oh, I, I will. I know you won't. You'll love that fence. Just, <laughs> just don't clang the pot. Maybe not as much as I love the fence.
1: But you'll love it. You you would never you would never do that to the fence.
0: <laughs> Not the fence. <laughs> the I episode. know you wouldn't. Okay. I run forward as I'm swishing as I'm swishing the gold piece in the pot. <laughs> Just happy I have a gold coin and a pot back. But I'm running forward through the path.
1: He takes off running.
3: <laughs> oh my god. You all follow? Yes.
1: Saul's already been moving ahead off in the shadows already. Oh. And Juniper runs after him trying to catch up. Roll me a stealth check, Saul.
4: It's pretty good. It's a 18 on the dice. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: So it's a 22. Okay. You all continue forward. Should I roll stealth as well? Nope. <laughs> you rolled a nat 1. That's what you got. Auto nat 1. <laughs> he, did a, he,
0: he
4: got a real laugh out of me. Oh, I thought you were oh, going to say you rolled something like a nat 20 or something. No.
1: That's why I'm choking over here. Okay.
4: He said that. He's like, do I roll one? And then he just looks at me like.
1: (laughs) 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 Okay, so the five of you travel along this path. And at this point, Brackle, you know that it's about high noon. You guys have been traveling for a couple hours through the forest. And this path is leading you forward. And it really seems like the forest is just giving way to this path. And it's not too far maybe about a ten minute walk when you spot something up ahead and Kjorg has already reached the door just running up ahead of you all as you all are trying to keep pace but he's pretty fast you catch up to him as he is standing before a stone wall it's probably 15-20 feet tall and in the center of the wall the path leads right into a door a large stone gate and above the gate on a big graystone plaque, read the words, High Tower of Sylvondale. Brackle, you would be familiar with the Tower of Sylvondale. Why don't you roll me a history check?
2: It is a 19 plus zero, so that would be a 19.
1: So you've heard of Sylvondale. The forest is called the Sylvan Forest, and this tower was originally built as far back as when Branchar was originally founded, and it was a wizard's tower. I bet it was made by elves. You don't know a whole lot about it, other than the fact that it was once a wizard's tower, uh, wherein lived one of the most powerful wizards to ever live in the history of Monumi, but it has been long destroyed and decrepit. It's nothing but ruins, and people have avoided it for years and years because, due to the fact that it was destroyed and broken down, it has been inhabited by all sorts of vagabonds and monsters and creatures that have made it their home. Guys, this is
2: the Tower of Selvondel.
1: It used to be home to the
2: most powerful wizard in all of Manumi, <laughs> but now it's open to vagabonds and crap.
3: <laughs> open up!
2: The door's wide open. Should we go in? I go in. Or?
3: I mean, what do, what do we got to lose?
2: Well, Our lives, this yeah, calls we have, yeah.
1: uh, ears right. if we don't keep a watch on Saul.
0: <laughs>
3: it yeah. seems
1: to me as if the forest is not going to let us go anywhere else, so let's just get this over with.
3: Okay, let's go.
1: Maybe we'll find some cool magic items.
3: What do you think, Saul?
1: Saul
4: walks out of the edge of the woods and goes, send the half work first. I'm already in. He's already walking in. <laughs> go, Brackle, let's do this.
2: I walk in cautiously.
4: Saul's intention is to find cover just as soon as he goes in. He wants to stay off to the side.
1: The five of you step out into a bright clearing. There's a 15 or 20 foot stone wall that seems to be holding back the forest around you in a great circle of this open clearing. The road that you're standing on is, now that you're inside the gate, a sort of cobblestone path leading straight forward. And you can see now that in the center of this large clearing is... A gigantic tower, the tallest that any of you have ever seen on Manumi, over a hundred feet tall, built from gray stone. The road before you splits this very large courtyard and it seems like there are roads and gates leading in from the four cardinal directions, you all coming from the north. The road that you're standing on leads straight toward the tower and to a northern gate. The gate has a drawbridge, which is currently lowered over what you would assume to be, like, a moat around the tower. However, unlike the rest of the forest, this clearing is not hindered by the cover of trees. The sunlight beams brightly around the area. And now that you're out of the shadow of the forest, you all find that your eyes are stinging when you try to look up at this tower. They're struggling to adjust because... The gray stone forming this enormous tower shines and sparkles in the sunlight. It glimmers. It almost seems as if the mortar used to build this monolith was mixed with molten silver. Oh! But the amount of silver that would require for such a task is surely more than a king's ransom. Hmm. Sylvandil so towers above you in the gleaming sunlight, flawless, and topped with a pointed cap house with the only parapets present surrounding it and Brackle, it in no way seems like a ruin. In fact, from where you all are standing some, I don't know, 30 yards away from that gate with the drawbridge down, you can hear the sound of voices inside. It sound like people talking. Looks
4: like a castle fit for a Prince of Hell.
2: This is strange. This should be ruins. Not a... Not- a magnificent splendor here. This place was picked
1: clean by vagrants long ago.
4: Is there a
2: place for cover?
1: It's wide open. There there are a few like little trees here and there inside, but they're more for decoration. They're not that tall. The walls hold the forest back, and the sun beams down brightly around this tower. There's really nowhere that you could get a good hiding place. You'd be wide open in the sunlight.
0: Just cower behind me, you hellish fiend. <laughs> Saul holds his dagger
4: like he's going <laughs> to throw it at Kjorg. Don't. Lead the way, half orc.
1: ha! <laughs> I lead the way. You step forward, following the path toward this northern gate. You approach the drawbridge lowered, and you can see that there is a moat surrounding it filled with clean water. Stepping onto the drawbridge, a large, particularly shiny fish leaps out as you cross, snatching a dragonfly from the air.
0: I snatch it out of the air.
1: Okay, roll me a sleight of hand check, Kjork. To snatch this fish out of the air. (laughs) Roll it. Please.
0: Please. It's a natural 20. Are you lying? (laughs) Nope.
1: This idiot. He's not lying. A fish jumps. You look over at Kjorg and you see that it is its mouth is closing around a pretty large little dragonfly, and you quickly just leap forward and grab it with both hands. You land in the moat, which is about shoulder deep on you, and you're now holding a large silvery fish in your hands. And everyone is looking at you like What the heck? Hungry, Kjorg?
0: What? Yes. I climb out of the moat.
1: You take the fish with you? Yes. You all continue inside, Lord. Um, (laughs) Now that you're right outside the tower...
0: How big is this
1: fish? I mean, it's a pretty good-sized fish. It's probably like a 16-inch largemouth bass. Stepping through the gate, you see that there are lots of people in here. Tons of people. People walking around, pulling like uh, wheelbarrows with large bags of grain. You see... Uh, stable off to one side of this large courtyard that's basically the bottom floor of this great tower. You see people cleaning fish and doing different things. And someone comes striding up towards you, walking quickly. It's an older man, about medium height. He's bald on top with a gray ring of hair around his head. He's wearing long black robes with silver threading. And rushing forward, he says... Oh, hello. Welcome. I've been expecting you. Welcome, esteemed guest, to our glorious abode. My name is Quentin Zildaris. I'm the caretaker of the Tower of Are you strong? Uh, I... He- hello? I, I... I'm not sure... W- <laughs> you want to fight? N- no, George, no. I'm trying George. To, to welcome Misk, you. miss
4: you should perhaps take over here.
1: We've been expecting you. We have... Uh, expecting? Yes. George. stop it. I'm certain that you are travel-weary, so please, allow us to provide you with some rest, perhaps a spot of afternoon tea.
3: Thank you so much. That that sounds great. Of course you expected us.
0: Yes. I was shouting my challenge the whole way. Who challenges me? Jorg, we're not fighting. Who's the bush enchanter?
1: My goodness, uh, it, it seems like you've all had quite the adventure. Why don't you follow me, and I will show you where you could Get some food in your bellies. I do believe we have a spread prepared for your arrival. Please, please, follow me this way, and I'll take you there myself.
4: See, this is how you should treat royalty. I like this man. Tell me, sir, where is the lord of the castle?
1: Oh, all in due time, good sir. I'm sure that he'll want to speak with you all directly. But first, how about a meal, some rest?
3: Sounds good to me. What do you think, Brackle?
1: Yes, in the...
2: Any sort of food in the wilderness is good, although I have many questions.
1: Yes, yes, I'm sure. I'm sure that you have many questions, all of which I'm certain the Master can answer for you when the time comes, but I'm simply the caretaker. For now, if you'd like to follow me, I'll take you to where you can grab some food and rest, maybe.
2: Can you answer one question? Who is the Master? Like, from Doctor Who?
1: I don't want him. As I said, all will be revealed soon, please. Follow me. And he turns on his heel and begins to walk across the courtyard.
2: I follow. I follow.
4: Saul's excited that someone is finally treating him the way he's supposed to be.
1: How
0: many coins does he have in his pack?
1: You don't know. I want to know. You walk forward, Kjord, trying to discern how many coins he might have in his coin purse. And Juniper steps forward excitedly following this mysterious old man. The strange tower that you all just stumbled upon in the middle of a forest unexpectedly. But to find out who the master is, to find out how many coins are in the purse of Quentin Zildaris, you're going to have to tune in in a week. Uh. So that's where we're going to end episode 10, season 2. So many
0: things I want to do. A lot of things to do. That I'm not going to remember in a couple weeks. Write it
1: down. (laughs) Thank God. So. Note time. Thanks everyone for tuning in, listening, sticking around for the whole episode. This has been Make Believe Heroes, and thanks. We're so glad you checked us out. We love you. You know what you should do? If you've been thinking about it, haven't done Check it? Check us out twice. Leave us one of those five star reviews.
4: Do a double take. It's great. Make sure you write something. It's great if you go and click the five stars, but it really feeds our souls whenever you write us a little. You know, put us a paragraph in there, give us some feedback.
1: Yeah, let us know.
2: And let us let yeah. us know. Like you know, you don't have to just fake a five star review be honest but please love us
1: thank you so much for listening we love you we will reconvene in one week one week we love you adios bye bye say no